Jacqueline Marfuji, and guys, we made it! I didn't mean to call you guys meatballs. Uh, if you're just tuning into the podcast for the first time, I call my listeners meatballs. So welcome, you're a meatball, officially. Uh, man, we made it. What a what a long week we had last week. This time last week, we were all like, what's going to happen? And then days later, we found out um, it was a one-of-a-kind uh, experience, outcome, and I don't know about you, but I felt such a sense of camaraderie here in West Hollywood um, and celebration. On Saturday, I woke up to a bunch of honking cars driving by, and it just felt safe and good, and um, I don't care what side you're on politically, but yeah, whew, it was it was a week. Um, so yeah, I took the week off to kind of just let you guys breathe and um, experience everything. And we're back. We're back in action. And I have to say, this is one of my absolute favorite episodes of What's Your Jersey podcast. Uh, we're over 150 episodes in and I absolutely love my guest. She's so hilarious. She's so relatable. She's so authentic. And I think you guys are going to love her too. Uh, before I get to her, I just want to say, guys, COVID cases are rising and stay safe out there. Wear your masks, stay socially distant. I know Thanksgiving's coming up and I just got an alert on my phone saying that we should not be gathering and maybe maybe the alert on my phone is right. Uh, so yeah, I, I just hope everyone is just staying safe out there. And um, also, I've been doing these new Amazon live streams. I did one last week. You could still check it out. It's on the Orca Live, Amazon Live channel. I will put the link in the podcast notes. Last week, we did a election de-stressing self-care skincare segment where we list 18 products that I got off of Amazon that I absolutely am obsessed with. I love, I demonstrate how to use all of them. I talk about them and yeah, they, um, they're some of my faves, so check it out. Again, I'll put the link in the podcast notes so you guys can just click on it. And they're great stocking stuffers and gifts that um, range from high to low costs. And I think you meatballs are going to love it. Uh, I feel like we should just get into it, you know? Let's do it. Uh, my guest is hilarious. You'll recognize her from at Big Kid Problems. She is the content creator of the meme account and host of the Big Kid Problem podcast. I'm going to say all this again when I introduce her. Uh, before we get to her, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to What's Your Jersey podcast and share it with your friends. It's the best way and my favorite way to find out about podcasts. And also, if you guys want to take my PlyoJam live Zoom classes, I post all of the links and the dates on my social media at Jacqueline Murfuji. All right, kids, without further ado, enjoy Sarah Merrill. Oh, meatballs, you are in for a goddamn treat today. I, I I am so excited, and I know people always say that on their freaking podcast, but I legitimately have been excited. I felt like a kid on Christmas Eve last night. I couldn't even sleep because our guest is so funny, is so relevant right now to like everything we talk about on the podcast, and she's also hot as fuck, and so we're going to get her to... Uh, give us some of her secrets. Um, 
I know you guys know her. She is the comedic content creator behind Big Kid Problems, and she is the host of the Big Kid Problems podcast. She's also the queen of One Hope Winery, or soon-to-be queen. Uh, (laughs) And she's just awesome and cool, and I know you guys are going to love her. Sarah Merrill, welcome to the podcast. Oh my God, what an introduction. Thank you so much. I'm just going to play that for myself every morning so I get out of bed. Love it. Hype yourself up. Yes, I love it. I actually posted, I stalked um, your stories and I posted a little clip of advice you were giving um, just about life in general. And it kind of is in line with that, where you got to remind yourself of all of your accomplishments that you've already had. Um, And I love that. We posted it today for everyone to see and everyone else really liked that too. Oh, love. Good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. And also, okay, meatballs, I call my listeners meatballs. Who doesn't love a goddamn meatball? Um, if you guys are listening today, which this episode will come out tomorrow, uh, November 11th, Sarah, I know you're into manifesting things. Get this. November 11th, so 11-11-2020 is the most powerful manifesting day of the century. Is it really? I feel like I have not heard that anywhere. How is nobody talking about this? I know, right? <laughs> it's, that's how inclusive and cool this podcast is. Um, <laughs> I, have to, I have to like cancel my plans. I have to cancel everything and just like sit down and focus. I am obsessed with manifesting. I take it to an extreme. Um, yeah, and I'm canceling all my meetings tomorrow and sitting down and focusing because that's a yeah. big deal. That's a <laughs> right? big deal. It is. Well, it apparently this day hasn't happened since like 1919. Um, it has something to do with like the double digits situation. I think that's why. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be the day where you unlock your path to prosperity and clarity. So well, it's, about, um, it's about damn time. So <laughs> really looking forward to that happening. which I feel like the reason why I said you're so on brand with like everything we're talking about like you literally manifested the shit out of your entire career like I I feel like you're the poster child for that um and we'll definitely I want to get into all things you what's your jersey is basically where you're from how you got to where you are but before we get to that um, everyone needs to know how the engagement chicken turned out. <laughs> oh my God. You are like on top of it. Okay. <laughs> I am obsessed with you already. Okay. So for your listeners who are like, what are they talking about? I literally just posted that I was roasting a chicken. Um, but it's called the engagement chicken. Should I explain like what this is? So Please people don't, do. So people don't Please. think we're crazy. Okay. <laughs> so this is the engagement chicken is – I heard about this. This is like an urban legend that I heard about like five or six years ago. And essentially what it is is like Glamour Magazine, some editor at Glamour Magazine put this in the magazine and said, if you make this chicken – if you make this recipe, your boyfriend will propose to you. <laughs> and, and it was like a, a funny thing in the office of Glamour because like she went – before they posted it into the magazine, she obviously did it. She like went home and did the recipe and her boyfriend proposed to her. And then a bunch of girls in the office were like, wait, give me this recipe. I want to 
I want my boyfriend to fucking get off his ass. And so then like four other girls in the office like all made the chicken and they all got proposed to like by the end of the month. And now like Glamour posted this in their in their um magazine and like hundreds of women have come forward and been like I made the engagement chicken and it worked. So I've always had in the back of my mind, like if, if things don't work out, if my fiance, like, well, my now fiance, if he doesn't propose, like I have to make this chicken. He ended up, <laughs> he ended up proposing like a year and a half ago, but it's always been in the back of my mind. I've always been curious. Um, you know, I wanted to try it. So today was the day. I love it. And you know what? This is so just perfect because I'm almost four years into my relationship and literally like laid it down a few months ago. And I was like, you need to do this now. So guess what? He doesn't know this, but I'm <laughs> after we are done podcasting guys. This is like, we're going to, this is like real life shit. I am going to get all the ingredients. Oh my God. <laughs> Make oh my God. Chicken. I love it. Yeah. Because I know, I know it might be coming. And this again, like sounds like champagne problems, big kid problems, girl, I don't know, whatever. Um, because he's been asking about like different rings, stuff like that. So I know it's on the radar because I think he's like deathly afraid of me at this point. And I feel like this is such a good, like, let's see if it works. Like this is perfect. Oh my God. You have to make it and you have to keep us posted. I'm so excited. Oh, that period of time in life, by the way, I was just talking to a friend about this like the period of time when you've been dating for a really long time and you're waiting for that proposal is like so painful I feel for you I also had to lay it down on the line like more than once (laughs) oh yeah no it wasn't like the first time laying it down it was like okay remember when we talked about that a year ago like I wasn't fucking around (laughs) yeah like that wasn't like a cute thing like I was just and it starts out cute like it's it's like the little nudge and then by like the third fourth combo you're like look motherfucker (laughs) you know what I mean a ring on this by like this quarter like we have a problem yeah it's real it's a real thing no I mean I feel like it's it's one of those things especially I think it might be even more just rough during the pandemic and quarantine because I everyone on my social media feed is either getting engaged getting pregnant or getting divorced hundred percent or (laughs) or making rose chicken yeah Exactly. So I, I literally like after I saw like the fifth ex-boyfriend of mine proposed to his girlfriend on social media as I was watching Say Yes to the Dress, I was like, okay, um, we really need to move this forward. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's no. it's so true. For us too, I mean, I've been seeing so many I've been seeing so many um like weddings and micro weddings and stuff. And we we postponed our wedding um this year so that's my new thing to bug him about I'm like look this couple got married and like we've been together like four years longer than them so that's yeah. my new that's my new thing it's really so fun. I want to know like how it's going with the whole COVID bride postponing wedding situation like where um, are you at okay would not recommend <laughs> <laughs> zero stars zero stars would not recommend um it is the worst like I like I hate I do sound like champagne problems like oh my god you guys like it's so bad it's so hard but it really sucks like I think planning a wedding in general is the worst um I was complaining about it a lot before 2020 happened mm-hmm. and it just I mean it's it's terrible I mean like having to go through it several times because we've now postponed 
And now we don't even know if our next wedding is going to happen because there's still all these unknowns. And it's just like the uncertainty of it all. You spend all this stupid money, then you like are losing it because you like your vendors won't switch dates. And now uh, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. And uh, like because like in the course of a year, I mean, a lot changes like we postponed our wedding a whole year. This is my new this is my new thing I like to complain about. Um, All my all my bridesmaids, like literally I have eight bridesmaids, seven of them are pregnant. <laughs> oh God! Now they're not going to be fun at the wedding. You got to push no. it back further. No, no, and like they're not fun right after they have the baby. It's got to no. be like they're not going to be. After. <laughs> they're not going to be fun for a while. And like oh, my the fiance doesn't understand this. He's like, "Well, the wedding's about us." I'm like, "No, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I'm trying to get drunk and do hood rat things with my friends." Yeah. Um, Yes, I during one of your stories, I watched you in Vegas celebrating your 30th birthday, and it made me a have FOMO, b so nostalgic for just having like a drunken dance, just crazy night with my friends. I haven't had that in over a year. Yeah, especially now. Like I haven't yeah. seen my my girlfriends. We all lived in New York together, and we've all moved like all across the country. So I we haven't even been in the same room probably since that Vegas trip. Oh my um, god. So Which, if you guys lived in New York together, you guys are like next level game of like being able to throw down and party together. Like that's a different kind of partying. Yeah, yeah. We it's it's taken its toll. But, <laughs> um I know I was really excited to like get this crew like back together and this is gonna be our big thing. And like we were all so excited and now literally everyone's gonna be like pumping. So, and not in the good sense, like not in the fun sense. (laughs) Oh, pumping, fist pumping, meatballs. She's speaking Jersey right now. I love it. Um, I feel like your bridesmaids' outfits are just going to be like a Balenciaga, like Hailey Bieber uniform. If they're pumping, it's going to be like the sweatshirt with like a blazer and just like cool jewelry, and that's what they're going to rock for the wedding. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I'm like, how how do I make seven pregnant chicks like? you know, wear the dress I want them to wear. Like that's, that is maybe like evil. Like I can't, you know, it's just, it's a whole thing. It's, it's literally like, it's terrible. Oh my gosh. Well, you have to keep us posted on everything. I, um, I have full faith that you are going to manifest and actually have an absolutely exquisite, rocking, awesome wedding. We're all rooting for you. Thank you. I'm going to use my, um, what is it? The 11, 11 day today to, um, (laughs) tomorrow, whenever it is to bring that to fruition. Exactly. Like that's it. Tomorrow you're just going to be like watching say yes to the, do you have a dress? Oh, I have a dress. That's another thing. We I mean, we don't, we can go there. We don't have to go there. I can complain. I'll complain about my dress some more. (laughs) No, let's go there. I want to go there. I need it. Please. Okay. Wait, how, how old are you? I am mid-30s on the higher end of 30s, so okay. I am older than you. Okay, so you'll you'll appreciate this. You'll okay. appreciate this. So, because we got engaged a while ago, um, and, you know, with dresses, with wedding dresses, you have to um, – you have to – it's so stupid. Like, the whole wedding dress thing is insane, like, absolutely insane. Um, there's so much money, but then you also have to buy them, like, a year in advance because then they get, like, made custom and then blah, 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 blah. So yeah. I went shopping for my dress like a year and a half ago. Um, 
ordered the dress. I was 29 at the time. I was 29 uh-huh. years old when I picked out this wedding dress. I will Which- now be 32 <laughs> wearing the dress that 29-year-old Sarah picked out. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, like things have changed. Things have shifted. We Listen, have a whole quarantine. Like things are just different now. And I'm just- I was honestly the hottest I've ever been when I was 29. So I get that. A 20, But you're so hot, it doesn't even matter. I'm just saying I get being 29 and picking out a different dress than a 32 a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah so yeah that's a whole other thing um yeah it's fun let me tell you guys being a corona bride is a blast (laughs) (laughs) I loved I I don't know what you were doing but you even had a sash that said corona bride was that Halloween oh yeah that was my Halloween costume I uh, I was like I you know what I'm gonna wear the white dress this year I got like this ridiculous um, bridal costume on Amazon and then I went all Martha Stewart and cut out like a Corona sign and and little did a little DIY and yeah I was a Corona bride for Halloween I love it I was Rachel Green Jennifer Aniston from Friends because that's it that I'm trying to manifest that in my life apparently so (laughs) (laughs) it's fine everything's fine. So we have a little section called Just Enough Sports that we do here. And you know what? I feel like there was a lot more epic shit that happened besides sports this week. So I feel like I would rather talk about that. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel great. I feel great. (laughs) Um, Okay, guys. I'm going to be honest. And I sent Sarah a thing where I was like, we need your like de-stressing, like de-anxiety tips. This past week, this past nine months, this past election, it was so anxiety provoking. And I feel like, like your memes, like there was actual, like there was really funny content coming out of our election just being like five days long and like, not the election, election day and the results. And it was just so crazy. And I feel like this entire situation that we've all been in is a once in a lifetime, one of a kind thing. And I just, guys, I mean, it's very exciting. There's, it's the first female and woman of color in the white house. I mean, no matter what side you're on, I feel like we all just have this like sense of relief and camaraderie right now where we can all exhale. Um, right like did you feel that way because are you in Nashville right now I am I'm in I'm in Nashville um yeah I mean this week was bananas and I love how you say it was once in a lifetime I'm like god I hope it's only once in a lifetime I can't do it again I swear um yeah I mean I I like am low-key secretly like really into wellness so I I do a lot for stress relief I do all kinds of things and I do even like really weird things for stress relief because I'm like yeah I'm like not about I'm not about you know um hiding it uh I do like I I meditate um so I have a meditation practice that I do once a day I'm trying to get it up to twice a day, but I have ADD. Um, So meditating. um, I had a shaman actually on my podcast last week and he gave me some great advice for the election. And it actually like, I was actually pretty peaceful this week. I feel like in the midst of chaos. Yeah. Um, What did he tell you to do? I mean, he was just, he was basically like, 
you have to, and when you're in a crazy freaking tornado of chaos and confusion and all of the things, he's like, you have to take yourself out of it and just like observe it. Like you're not a part of the chaos. You are outside of the chaos watching it. So like you remove yourself from the nonsense and you can just like look at it objectively and like see what's going on. But in internally, you got to like maintain that calm, realize that, you know, where you are, where your energy is. Is, um, doesn't have to be as chaotic as what's happening. You kind of like pull your energy in and focus it on the things that are like grounding in your life. So, you know, whether it's like putting it into your partner or putting it into your work or doing things that bring you joy, like taking a walk around the block or cooking or going to yoga or whatever it is. Those, those are my things. Um, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but just like focusing your energy on yourself and like pulling it in and not – because it is really, really easy. I think most of us have probably been there. Like I went through a couple like Twitter holes where, you know, you start getting in and you start reading things that are like infuriating and then it just like you get all caught up. You get caught up in the chaos. So oh, that was yeah. actually really helpful. And I practiced that all last week. And I, I feel like I, I feel like I did pretty well, all things considered. I love that. And I feel like that's something that we should all be practicing almost every single day, but like life sometimes gets in the way. So that's a really good reminder to just even hear you say that out loud. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. And another thing that just happened, it was, I mean, it's so sad. Alex Trebek just passed away and I have to say RIP to Alex Trebek and just sending love to his family. And I feel like just because you're a podcast host, I'm a podcast host, we host a lot of things. I um, I heard a quote, and I don't have the direct quote, but this was something that I took away from him. He wanted to be remembered as being a really good man, but also as a host, he said his job was solely to just lift up his guests and the contestants that were on the show, because if they do a good job, then he does a good job. And so I just really loved that just putting it on them, you know, and I feel like that's something that we should talk about and celebrate. Totally. What a stand-up guy, man. Woo! I feel like, and granted, I didn't watch Jeopardy all the time, but it's one of those things that, like, was always on in the house. Like, just his voice was comforting. Like, for me, hearing David Letterman's voice is comforting, right? Mm -hmm. I, it's just hearing a football game in the background, comforting. Mm -hmm. Like, that... I, I don't I don't know about you, but like that's just something he was always there, like in our lives. So totally, yeah, very nostalgic. I actually just went to the Jeopardy set like six months ago, which was pretty cool. What? Yeah. That's so cool. How was that? Um, it was it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> what happened tell us everything no it wasn't like this wasn't like an exclusive like really cool thing that i went to the jeopardy set like my brothers this is when I, I was living in la i guess it was longer than six months ago huh it was must have been a year ago i mean this year who knows i have no concept of time um yeah. But I was living in LA and my brothers came out to visit me and I was like, they wanted to do like super LAE things. So we went and did like a studio tour, which is something oh. you can do. So we went to um, whatever that is, Universal. No, it's not Universal Studios. I don't even know, guys. I'm the worst. <laughs> um, but I got this, I got, yeah, what, what are, probably. Who knows? Yeah. Um, the thing. You guys know. Uh, yeah. But I got to see the Seinfeld set, which was really cool. And I got to see the Jeopardy set. Those were my highlights. 
I love it. No, yeah. that's much better. The only LA tour I've been on, um, podcast host of Adderall and Compliments, Annabelle DeSisto, um, she loves like scary things and aliens. So Rachel O'Brien and I decided for her birthday to take her on the Dearly Departed tour. What's that? Um, <laughs> it's it would be so great if it was like maybe an hour long, but it's basically I, I think it's like a four hour long tour of just like every murder location in LA, every haunted house, like every but there's also just like weird, random, creepy places and like they don't like let you off the bus except the one one of the only time you stop and get off, you get to go to the cemetery that like Marilyn Monroe is in, Farrah Fawcett's in. So that was pretty cool. But um I think just being on a bus for four hours with strangers yeah. is terrifying. So. Oh my god. Like I literally felt like I got coronavirus on that bus. Like I was deathly ill after that trip, and I was like, never again, Annabelle. Oh my um, god. Love yeah. Annabelle, by the way. She's been I we, know. we've done a little podcast swap in the past. She's yeah. a doll. She's hilarious. Oh, oh she's amazing. So funny. Um so yes. funny. we missed you, Annabelle. Um so yeah, I also it's random. I work for the game show network and I was working on a show literally we wrapped last week and I was basically like helping out Ken Jennings and it's so funny because I feel like anytime I said Ken Jennings to anyone I was like oh yeah he's on the show I'm working on they're like oh my god he's like the most famous Jeopardy guy and like I didn't even know that which I feel terrible about saying before I started working on the show but at least I wasn't like a fangirl about it um <laughs> just like hey what's up ken um, the fact that ken jennings has fangirls is incredible we should make shirts i know we should <laughs> that's it i'm gonna send him a pic in our shirts so yeah i feel like those were just two big things this week so i wanted to touch on those for anyone who needs to catch up or has been living under a rock um for the past week i want to get into all things you sarah because you are so amazing and so inspiring and so goddamn funny um so please tell the meatballs where you are from i we all want to know uh, what's my jersey? Um, yeah. What's your jersey? My, my jersey is it's kind of like the sister to Jersey. I feel like in a lot of ways, I grew up in South Florida. Yes, it is. That's where <laughs> yeah. we go to retire and just fade away into the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Um, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, the um, Fort Lauderdale area. Was there, couldn't get out of there fast enough my whole life. Um, I remember like coming home in elementary school and like we had some kind of coloring thing and I was like drawing New York and it was like, I want to go here. Um, I, yeah, yeah. From a very young age, I was like, get me the fuck out of Florida. (laughs) Um, She's smart too, guys. Oh my God. (laughs) So that's what I did. I, uh, the second I graduated from college, I like worked my whole senior year as a bartender and took all my college bartending savings and moved to New York with like three boxes, um, enough to basically like pay for like one month and a security deposit, um, for rent and figured it out. So I was in, um, I, I moved to New York and like, that's kind of where, when people are like, where are you from? I, like, I have to say Florida, obviously, but like, I feel like my roots, my people, like where I like, you know, really kind of came of age was my, my time in New York. Um, I love that. I love that so much. Um, 
I feel like you're skipping over the fact that you were a sorority girl and that you almost wanted to go the L Woods route. But, we skip, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of skipped over a lot of it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we skipped over a lot. Um, no, yeah, I, wanna, I just want to know what sorority you were in. I was a Zeta Tau Alpha at Florida State. Oh yes, they they were always hot. I feel like they're always very cool and very hot on every campus. Thanks, thank you. Um, gonna yeah, pour one out to my Zetas. That's actually where where I started Big Kid Problems. I have to shout it out. Um, yeah. I started it in the basement of my sorority house, which is kind of a fun fact. Um, because I was it was like my senior year, and I was procrastinating um, during finals week. And at the time was just like going, I, I was, we didn't have Instagram back then. Nope. <laughs> Not to sound super old, um, but we had Twitter. So Twitter was like my main, my main way of procrastinating. And I saw all these accounts that were popping up, like white girl problems um, that were so funny and that were just like super little, like witty, you know, quick tweets. And yeah. I was like, I kind of want to do this for like college kids or like people in my age group who are like getting ready to graduate college and be adults. Uh, so I was like, I couldn't think of a name. I knew I wanted it to be something, something problems because there was like postgrad problems. There was white girl yeah. problems. There was a bunch of other ones. So I was like, um, I don't really feel like an adult. Um, I, I feel like a kid that's being forced into this adult world. So like, let me do like big kid problems. That name sucks, but I'll change it eventually. Nope. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Ten years later. Um, One of yeah. my favorite, favorite things about you is that you are so relatable and so authentic and like so honest with your tweets and that's how I found you like I feel like I had just moved to like West Hollywood when I first started seeing your tweets and seeing everything and like that was kind of like right at the end of the hills and like just being poor and living in West Hollywood and like hustling and having all these jobs but also like partying my face off every night with like bottle service and like all of that like resonated so much with everything you were saying because it was all just like how am I supposed to like get my life together how am I supposed to go out be broke like all this stuff so I feel like you really hit it at the right time Uh, thank you yeah I mean it was relatable because I was going through it like I was like these are the things I was doing (laughs) you know um so I was right there with you wait I love it you you must be like an OGer you must be like (laughs) a Because it is funny because, like, Big Kid Problems has definitely evolved over time. Like, the things I talk about now are much different than I – than it was like in my earlier 20s when it was all about like going out and being broke and like showing up hungover and hating work um but I do yeah. I, I look back fondly on those on those oh, uh on 100%. that content. yeah like even like I when I first started like teaching fitness classes showing up hungover like I can never do that now like, like just everything we accomplished like I absolutely um guys if you haven't listened to big kid problems podcast yet you have to and especially I love the episode you just did with Taylor Strecker about being fired I I just think that's something we all have to talk about it's happened to everyone and I just found it so refreshing you know what's crazy is okay I thought that too I'm like yeah everybody like has a firing story and like I put it up on Instagram and just did like a quick poll like 
who who else has been fired? And it was like 75% of people were like, I've never been fired. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so it's just like a me thing. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only t- okay, so my firing, this will be super quick. I'm telling you a story you did not ask for. Um, Love it. Yeah, I, it was my first job in Hollywood. I was a waitress at La Scala, which if anyone knows chopped salads, that's, that's where, like, I waited on Kris Jenner there. I waited on Lisa Kudrow. Like, it was just everyone went there for chopped salads. And it was me, this, like, struggling actress, and then all these, like, 60-year-old dudes who had worked there from the beginning. Amazing. And, yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> right in Beverly Hills. And I went out the night before my shift because I always worked the lunch shifts. And we went to Beso. And I think it was Mario Lopez's birthday. <laughs> And I, again, like I am not friends with these people. I am not name dropping, but I am name dropping. And somehow I ended up, we had promoter friends. We were in like their table area. It was like Mario Lopez and like the guy who did like Girls Gone Wild and like Audrina. Like it was so random. (laughs) We all like went back to, it was, I think Christina Aguilera's house who she was renting from the Girls Gone Wild guy or vice versa. I don't know. Anyway, we partied all night and yeah, I didn't show up for work the next day and I got fired. um, I I feel like that was the most classic LA story I've ever heard. Oh, (laughs) my gosh it had everything we had a hills appearance we had we had mario oh my i am i'm living for this this. (laughs) i'm Um, living for you so i want to know you were in new york city you're doing your thing you're working your nine to five jobs but you have big kid problems like what made you transition into being able to like get fired quit your jobs and move on to like actually making this your business Yeah. So for the longest time, um, and you might even remember this, like back in the day, I wasn't like, I wasn't attached to big kid problems. Like big kid problems was a secret. I didn't tell anyone like my face wasn't on it. My name wasn't on it. I, you know, I worked in the corporate world. I was like, I'm talking mad shit. I can't like have this come back to me. Like I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, You know, like I'm going to get fired. I'm like sitting here like cracking jokes on my boss and like talking about how hungover I am at work and how like I don't give a fuck about this job. Um, Like I can't like, you know, like I couldn't do that on my, like you know, personally I would get fired. Um, So it was a secret for a really long time. And then around, I want to say like 2016, 2017, um, that's when like I started seeing people turning their Instagram accounts into a business. Like I I was sitting there and I would see like the fat Jewish, um, you know, was doing all these brand partnerships and like killing it. And I was like, damn. And he's posting memes and I'm like, they're not even his memes, you know, I'm like, Okay. And then I, you know, I just started seeing like other um, people on Instagram, like really like turning it into a business. And I had a good, I had a decent following at the time, but I wasn't making any money from it. Um, you know, I was just, I was just doing it for fun and basically as like free therapy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, at the time I, I started to like slowly um, enter into my account a little bit more. Um, I started doing some business or some, some brand partnerships and some like little things here and there. And then over time, it just kind of really started to grow and take on a life of its own. Um, 
And it, I started, it, it kind of became like a nice little side hustle for me. Nice. And then um, I got asked to be on the Steve Harvey show. And that was kind of like a turning point. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I had to take time off work. I'm like, this is really me putting my face on it. You know, like yeah. at this point, my whole office was like, holy shit, like Sarah's going to the Steve Harvey show. Like they watched it in my office. At the time I had been working at my job long enough that like, <laughs> luckily, I mean, my boss was like really cool and like, you know, she, she would laugh about it. Like I would yeah. be like talking shit on her and she'd be like, fuck you. Um, Love so, it. yeah. Love it. What yeah. Type of, I was always curious, what type of like industry were you working in at that time before doing this? Okay. So it was really random. Um, I went to New York to work in entertainment PR and that's what I did for like my first three years there. I worked for a publicist. That was my job that I got fired from. Uh Um, and then I worked for two other PR firms, um, working in beauty and then in fashion and fashion was the absolute death of me. I, after that, I was like, I am no longer doing this. Like I, it, it crushed my soul. Um, So when I left my job, my last agency, which was like truly, truly soul crushing, um, and I made no money there, um, I went to a recruiting firm and was like, I'm burnt out. I have a lot of skills. I graduated top of my class, um, and I don't want to do what I've been doing. So you can put me anywhere. Yes. <laughs> it was like, I don't care. Just put me anywhere. And they were like, at the the firm I went to, um, the girl who was like my recruiter was like, uh, actually like we have an opening here. She's like, I, I know you probably don't want to do recruiting, but like you can do all the other things in the office and like you can start like basically next week. And I really needed the money because I didn't have any savings. Um, like I said, I got paid shit working at PR and I was like hurting. Like I was like, I was basically like, I'm like, I can't eat till Thursday. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll start this. I'll and then I'll find another job. And then I ended up working there for four years. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So you're on Steve Harvey. And can I love what you did with Steve Harvey? I think were you on three different times? Yeah. Yeah. I ended up going back three times, which was crazy because I was like, I didn't have any media training. I was so scared and I just wanted to like do a good job the first time so that like I didn't make a total ass out of myself. Um, and even after I recorded it, I was like, I sucked. And then they asked me back. So I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't suck that much. Yeah. Yeah. No, Sarah literally taught Steve Harvey, like how to have social media. Which yeah. Is- yeah, it was it was crazy. It was wild. I still can't like it's one of those things I feel like like nothing else cool could happen to me for the rest of my life and I like have that in my back pocket. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. well, there's going to be a lot more cool shit that happens. Um I want because some of the meatballs I might not know like all your different tweets and I would love to just like say all the tweets right now, but no one's got time for that. Um, I want to know like the top categories of big kid problems, like what kind of stuff do you cover that like resonates with you now on your page and on your podcast? Yeah. So I, this is actually a great question because I don't know if people realize this, but um, back in the day when I was like 
turning big kid problems like more into a brand. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take this seriously and have it be a business. I, I wanted to define what a big kid problem is. Like I was like, I, not all of Sarah's problems are big kid problems. <laughs> you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to be very clear on like what a big kid problem was. So my categories are um, like career, uh, money, like finances, uh, relationships or being single. Um, and like general lifestyle stuff. So like being hungover or nightlife or, you know, getting old, like physically getting older. Yeah. Those are my, those are my main categories. And I would say now, like we said earlier, like the things I was, my, my big problems in my twenties are a little bit different now in my thirties. Uh, what, what seems to do really well now every time is like when I compare twenties to thirties. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Here <laughs> for it. Yeah. Every time I, I put out – and I, I put out – let me see if I can pull one up um, just as like an example. Um, sorry. No. I can say one that yeah. resonates with where it has nothing to do with that, but one that I feel like we can all relate to right now. You know how people kind of stop working from Thanksgiving to New Year's? Yeah. I'm starting that now. That, I mean, come on, obviously. I feel like we all should just stop. Or hangovers hit different when you haven't socialized in eight months. That's another, whew, whew, yes. Yep, based based on true events, <laughs> based on going out and celebrating the election a little too hard and not remembering like you can't drink or I used to be able to drink like three tequila sodas in an hour and be like totally fine. And- <laughs> Of course, we went to Florida State. Yes. <laughs> it's different. Shit hits yes. different. Um, very true. Yeah, I'm like, I'm having trouble pulling up anything. But I mean, like, anytime I no. do anything, 20s to 30s, like, uh, at the top of my head, I'm like, a 20s, like, loves um, EDM, 30s, loves, uh, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on this? REM, loves REM, like the yes. sleep cycle. The sleep no. cycle. Um, then, oh, I have one here. Early 20s. Takes Molly from some random guy wearing a cowboy hat. Now, I'm sorry, but were the tomatoes in the caprese salad locally sourced? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so those seem to do well. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, it's like we were dumpster fires before. And I may still be a little bit of a dumpster fire, but, like, come on. Like, get over yourself. Um yeah, no, they're so good. I uh, the election one that I love that you put up. Our nation has never been more divided. And then you wrote, "Um, try again, sweetie." And it's a picture of Kristen Cavallari and Lauren Conrad. I mean, mic drop, Sarah. I loved that one. That was that was fun. I love yeah. it. Like, it's funny too. Like when we think of categories that do well, there's also like certain references that do well. Um, like. Kardashians always do well. Um, Laguna Beach, Laguna Beach does well too. It's so funny. Like, it's so funny. Like, why do people? Why are they still obsessed with that? I don't get it. I love it. I am right there with everyone, but I don't get it. <laughs> I know. It's great. I'm. We do need to know. Are you Team Lauren or Team Kristen? My thoughts on this have changed over the years. Um, I think I was always Team Lauren. Um, I was Team LC all the way. But I feel like Kristen got a bad – I feel like she got a bad rap. Bad (laughs) edit. 
I feel yeah. like she got a bad edit. And now that she like has her own business and all this stuff, I'm kind of supportive. Um, you know, female entrepreneurs into it. I kind of like both of them. Can you like both of them? I mean, that's a thing. Like I literally on TikTok and now like you watch one TikTok about the hills and now that's all that's showing up on my TikTok feed. <laughs> it's just like all these interviews with Lauren and every I'm like, oh, she's actually cool because I was always team Kristen. And now I'm like, no, I like both of them. Like I'm here for both of them. I like both of them and I feel like they actually are cool with each other now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to stop uh, pulling women apart. You know what I mean? Like we can be we can be team LZ and team Kristen. It's right? 2020 guys. It's 2020. Um, Now I want to know because I originally was going to ask you NYC or LA, but now I'm adding Nashville to it. Like Nashville, which also Kristen lives in Nashville. Like I want to know what you prefer, what you like, what your aesthetic is. Like, what do you like? Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, New York always has my heart. Like that is my city. I like found myself in New York. Like I love that space. I found all my best friends. Um, I owe like everything to New York. Like I I love that place. So that's my number one always. Um, LA did not love. (laughs) Right. Straight up. Wasn't a huge fan. I think, um, I think I moved there a little bit too late. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was, and I also lived in a weird part of LA. I lived a little bit too far from everything, I think. Where uh, did you live? I need I, to know this. I was in Manhattan Beach. Okay, Sarah. I know. I, I didn't realize. I moved to Manhattan Beach when I first lived in LA. And I, after eight months, was like, this isn't Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. And it's like, I call it Pleasantville. And I would walk along the Strand and I would see all the perfect happy people pushing their strollers and running. And I would be like, I fucking hate it here. No offense to Manhattan Beach. It's yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then I moved to West Hollywood and I was like, oh yes, this makes sense now. Yeah. I feel bad. I didn't really get LA a fair shot because yeah, that doesn't count. Like that doesn't really count as LA. And (laughs) and we were going to be there. I thought we were going to be there for a few years. And then we ended up like randomly finding our house in Nashville. And I have to say, I freaking love Nashville. Like obsessed. Obsessed. Tell us your like top three favorite things about being in Nashville or like what anyone has to do or just like, yeah, you're so um, Okay. So the best part of Nashville, I feel like it kind of takes t- like good parts of New York and LA. Like the things I liked about New York are convenience, um, having cool shit going on all the time. Um, Nashville, like we have a joke, like it takes like 10 minutes to get anywhere. Um, everything's really <laughs> close by and there's always cool shit going on. There's like tons of concerts. It's music city. Like you could go out any night of the week if you wanted to and like get turned up in Nashville. Um, and then there's lots of outdoor stuff going on. There's like nature. I just <sighs> went like kayaking the other day, like in like beautiful, like foliage. Um, oh it was gosh. so awesome. And then, uh, there's also like you also have the convenience of like getting in your car, which is like you couldn't do in New York. Like you have to get in a subway or a taxi, or it's a little bit of a, a schlep. Um, in Nashville, there's just like it's just like really convenient, and you get like a nice big house. That's the other big thing I would say. The big thing I love is just like having like cost of living be much lower than New York and LA. Um, All right. 
Wow. Well, I'm going to go on Zillow. Um, guess what, Sarah? You have a new best friend and neighbor who's – I need to move to Nashville. That sounds Perfect. Amazing. That's my only thing is since I moved here, I'm like I haven't made a ton of friends because like since being here, we've been in quarantine. So, yeah, come, come, come move and be my BFF. Well, I heard Kristen Cavallari doesn't have a BFF anymore. They just had a falling out. You guys should hang out. Um, I love it. Oh, wow. Well, I want to know, um, I could talk to you for hours, but obviously you have a life. Um, I just want to know what inspires you and um, makes you want to like keep doing this account and keep going on with the podcast. Um. What inspires me? I mean, honestly, like I kind of, it's weird. Like I kind of do this for my younger self. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to, I, it's fun because what's cool about Biggie Problems is like my entire twenties is documented. Like I've been put, I put up tweets every single day throughout my entire, since I was 22, 22 to now 32, like every day of my life, I've been putting up Big Kid Problems pretty much. So I can go back in time and I can look at the tweets I was putting up at, 23, 24. Um, and no, I, I remember like it takes me back in time. Like whenever I read one of those, I'm like, Oh, I know exactly how I felt in that moment. And it's kind of fun now, like going back and seeing some of my earlier stuff and being like, I remember how much this hurt. I remember how much this sucked when like this guy didn't text me back or whatever it was. And now I have like wisdom and there's like things I'm like, Oh, I wish I could have told her this, you know, I wish I could have you know, given her, let her know this information, you know, like there's just things that I, I know now that I didn't know then. And that was really like the, the, the idea behind the podcast is I'm like, I want to, we're joking about this stuff, but I also want to like give more information, share a little bit of wisdom, um, bring people on who are smart, who can like help out the people who are going through the big kid problems currently. So that's kind of my thing. I'm like, I, I want to like make the content I wish I had. I want to be the platform I wish I had when I was going through some of these earlier big kid problems. And I mean, also like it really does inspire me when people tell me like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one experiencing this or, oh my God, you just wrote this like about something shitty. And like, I've been through, I've been going through that too. Like I don't feel so alone. So I, yeah, I, I really like that really does. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but like that really does like get me up in the morning and make me want to like keep doing this. Oh my gosh, guys. I love that so much. Um, if you don't already have a book proposal with that in perfect statement in it <laughs> do me that everyone needs your book sarah <laughs> i love that so much i know sarah has a little calendar with all of her like fun tweets and comments and quotes on it but yeah i hope there's a book in the works because the people need it in their lives um oh, thank you I, yeah and i also okay so your fiance one hope winery uh, we need to know what wine like is your favorite from that because i definitely am going to order some bottles of it like we need to know what you recommend i feel like you're like cameron diaz but like the funny meme version <laughs> oh my god i'm so glad you circled back to that because when you called me the queen the future queen of one hope like i literally died like, yes. so excited um i i feel like meredith blake um from the parent <laughs> trap because I've like totally trapped this man um yes. no, no but my my fiance is a co-founder of One Hope Wine uh it's been around for 12 years they started out uh in the wine business and then wanted to create a brand that like gave back with every bottle like every bottle has an impact component 
um, which is awesome. I'm like, wow, you guys are like actually doing good shit for people. Yeah, um, I'm like, really cool. I'm like, my memes help too. <laughs> um, Thank you. No, but uh, no, it's awesome. Um, so they're my favorite wine. Oh my gosh, they have a lot of good ones. I. And my palate has changed over the years. Oh, yes, love it. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a white wine girl, um, and their Fumé Blanc is insane. Oh, love a Fumé Blanc. That's my favorite kind of white wine. It's so good. I've never, I never had had one before until trying the One Hope version. But it's like a Savion Blanc and like a little bit bolder. Yeah. Um. So love that for my whites, and then my my now like my everyday wine. Like when I go when I finish this up and go make my chicken and yes. <laughs> and pour myself a glass of wine it's always going to be the cabernet that's my favorite the yeah. cab is like out of i drink a lot of cabs and like the one hope cab is just like really fucking good and i don't say that because it's my fiance's but like it's just very drinkable um and delicious and i'm a I big fan yeah <laughs> and they have really cute glitter bottles which you've probably seen on tv shows and stuff that are really cute the glitter bottles are amazing like yeah. I feel like girls like we just can't help ourselves I'm like glitter <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and last but not least because you are about to become a wife um do you have a real housewives franchise that you would want to be on or do you think you should be like the one hope winery housewife either in Nashville or Napa like they should start that franchise or do you have a franchise that like you feel like you could totally vibe with oh my god what a question <laughs> um little insider tip um I did hear that they are currently casting for Real Housewives of Nashville oh so, get on that Sarah please. no no I I it's like gonna be like it's gonna be like country music artist wives and oh, no. like that's not really my like no. jam um you could be yeah. a friend of that's cool yeah friend of i'm here for um yeah. if i could be on any one i wish i could go back like old school new york with like bethany and um uh jill zarin and like that crew um yes. or bev beverly hills you know I love Lisa Rinna. I can't help. I can't help myself. I know. I know everyone hated her, but I'm like, she's playing the role that we all want her to play on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like in person, like her and I would vibe. I love it. And Garcelle. Oh, and Garcelle. Garcelle's great. Great. I love that she's just like not about it. She's just like, you guys are stupid. I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Sarah. And I could totally see you and Bethany like literally having your own podcast together. Um, you should be on her podcast. Oh, yeah. Um well, Bethany, if you're listening. Yeah. She's a huge fan. She's a meatball. Of what <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure. I'm waiting for the call. I know it. Um <laughs> Sarah, you're such a delight. Um, please let everyone know where they can find you. Pimp yourself out. I'm sure everyone knows how to find you, but still, we yes. want to consume all the content. Yeah, um, come hang out on Instagram at Big Kid Problems, Twitter on Big Kid Problems. That's where I started. Um, you can also my personal my personal account, uh, Sarah A Merrill underscore, and then obviously the podcast, the Big Kid Problems podcast, is like my baby right now. I'm having so much fun with the pod. Uh, yeah. And then also on – I'm also on Facebook. I'm like, I don't even know anymore at this point. I'm like, there's so many. I'm just like all over the place. But yeah, come so come hang out with me. We'd love to. We'd love to hang with you guys with Amazing. the meatballs. Yes. Thank you. Sarah, you're fabulous and so funny. And thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this. 
Of course. Yes, I appreciate it. And Meatballs, thank you for listening. Remember, share with your friends. That's my favorite way to find out about podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. And I hope everyone has a great week and a great 11-11-2020. Go manifest that shit, people. Um, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. Mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstar.